Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Pattern Portraits, an artwork and podcast by me, Lauren Godfrey. Each episode I speak with a fellow pattern lover in the creative industries about their relationship to pattern and colour and how surrounding themselves with pattern serves as a kind of armour. Each guest has selected some textiles special to them which we will discuss using the patterns to delve into their stories. I've also created an accompanying artwork, an abstract pattern portrait of the sitter through their patterns made from jesmonite inlaid with perspex and brass, and a resulting print will be available to purchase. There'll be an exhibition of all the artworks, and the prints are available on my website, laurengodfrey.co.uk. Follow Lauren Godfrey Studio and Pattern Portraits Podcast on Instagram to stay in the loop. speaking with Julie Verhoeven, an artist who defies categorisation. Once met, never forgotten, she's a unique force in the art and fashion world, having inspired countless students in her role as a tutor in fashion at Central St Martins, a post she's held for 26 years. She's collaborated with many fashion brands, including Chloe, Marc Jacobs, Louis Vuitton and Mulberry, and rose to prominence in the noughties with fashion illustration, kind of Egon Sheila meets Francis Bacon, if they were both drawing Twiggy. Julie and I first met about 10 years ago when I was assisting the artist Anthea Hamilton, who collaborated with Julie on an exhibition at Cult Space Palesh Empire. Days spent stuffing wadding into oversized fried egg cushions bonded us. Julie, welcome to Pattern Portraits. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Um, so I guess I want to start with asking you about what um, pattern means to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pattern. It's life giving, um, and I just like that it. Um, it feels like noise. So, I'm just. I'm really happy to be surrounded with this. Yeah, noise and 
sort of like chaos mm. and I feel like it's always pulsating so it reminds me that I'm alive and that feels good wow that's really nice I've never thought about it like that but that really put, like hits the nail on the head of something about it kind of it it interrupts the silence or something or like yeah I, I, I find sometimes when I wear something very, very plain mm-hmm. or if I have to wear a uniform for a job or something, mm. it feels like you're being kind of squashed and silenced. Mm. And so it's interesting, the idea of like, it, it, it's sort of almost like you're announcing your presence or the, the kind of... Like yeah. Little, um, yeah. Not in a show-off-y way. No. But maybe, the, yeah. I don't intend to be a show-off, but I don't want to... I don't want to miss that opportunity of, and I don't want to appear bland. Mm. It's this fear of being bland and uninteresting. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer. I think yeah. is pattern. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. I think it somehow um, is a kind of stand-in for words that might not get said, and then you have the opportunity sometimes to to not have to speak or, or mm. can be able to sit back. Yeah, it's nice. It sort of it works both ways, doesn't it? Sometimes it really alienates you from people, which is kind of okay as well. Sometimes mm. when I can't be bothered to talk, mm-hmm. which is really rude. <laughs> <laughs> There's this like barrier, but um, but in other ways you find connections. You know, it's, yeah, it works both ways. It's lovely. Mm. Just pleasing on the eye I always find. Yeah, yeah. I love your outfit today, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm going to describe it. If I can, <laughs> it's um, it's a kind of kaftan, would we call it, uh, with um, amazing sort of mirrored motif of an Egyptian goddess, maybe, uh, sort of Nefertiti, um, which is studded with uh, um, sequins and there's gold lame and a kind of neck piece, which has been amplified by an amazing uh, beaded necklace, which says Julie Verhoeven. Uh, so tragic. Is, is it? <laughs> well, in case in case we forget, in case I get lost, <laughs> please return to. <laughs> so maybe we can start with talking about um, your first fabric, uh, which is this jacket. Um, yeah, let's describe it. It's got um, it's kind of a patchwork, but quite but quite a kind of intentional patchwork. So they've the whoever's made it. Do we know who's made it? Yeah, there's a lovely label inside, oh, and wow. yeah, I'm ashamed to say I hadn't even bothered to Google her until this morning. Oh yeah, Connection um, Judith Roberts, Hesho in Mexico. Okay, so it's been it's made in Mexico, but Judith Roberts maybe doesn't sound Mexican. Yeah, she's American. Okay, and um, oh yeah, then I went online. There's an extensive selection of like sort of 1980s patchworks. I think it might be a bit later than that, even. But yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's an old favourite. Where did it come from? What's its story? Um, who, I don't really remember. Mm. Um, other than which isn't very helpful. No, that's all right. All the best clothes <laughs> come to you in a moment. <laughs> well, when I was going through the choices, um, I realised yeah there was a moment when I was a prolific uh, secondhand shopper mm. clothes shopper and that was partly because i was paid to do that when i had like consultancy fashion jobs okay yeah and so there the majority of them i bought i would say about 20 25 years ago and that was definitely one of the earlier 
nice. pieces. So you were paid to buy secondhand clothes on behalf of a job, but then you would like have a yeah. little swipey swipey. Yeah, on the side. Well, I always ended up <laughs> getting distracted and buying stuff for myself. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and that one. Like I say, I've had it for years, but it's never really had its moment. Yeah. And it's actually a tiny bit too tight across the bust. Okay. Uh, but now it's even tighter. It can sit open. <laughs> it can sit open. Um, yeah. I did find a really nice picture of you in this, actually. Uh, when I think I that's was... the only time it's come out, actually. Okay. Okay. Well, it's, Sorry. it's its second moment. It's having Yeah. A... Yeah, it's due, due to come out again, but I need to <clears throat> breathe in. <laughs> I also want to know more about the job that you had hunting for secondhand clothes. What were, where were you working then? Um, yeah, that would have been for um, French designer Martine Sitbon. Okay. That was um, yeah in the nineties. So I was originally I worked for her in house as a design assistant in the mid nineties, and then I left and I stayed on as a freelancer. Okay. Um, yeah, so I did that for about seven years. So. I'll be back and forth two or three times a season bringing research ideas. And that was, yeah, it was much easier for shopping in London for vintage right. stuff at that time. Oh, right. That's interesting because there's kind of a quite a buzz around like the Parisian flea markets and mm. sort of fr- flea markets in kind of the south of France and stuff. But mm. I guess the style that you get in those is quite workwear or mm. like sort of lace, like negligees and things but not so much like the kind of uh i don't know like the more 80s vintage as we as we know it yeah um Um, yeah i don't know martine she's very into like rock and roll and Mm -hmm. punk and new wave okay uh, post-punk not that that jacket's yeah that wasn't for i don't think that was for that was yeah i just bought it for myself um yeah so yeah, so obviously London was ideal. Yeah. For finding crummy crummy old shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you still do that? Do you, like for yourself? Are you a hunter in the vintage shops or are they? No, I've sort of delivery? banned myself from going in. I mean okay. I occasionally pop in now when I'm feeling naughty. But it my it's I've just it's out of control. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I've got to, yeah, I've had to sort of stop. Okay. Because I pass, going to my studio, I can't pass four charity shops every day. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm doing you quite well. Like put yeah, the I put on. the blinkers on, try and resist. Yeah. Because it, yeah, I've, you know, I, it is out of control now. Mm-hmm. On eBay, I used to always just be tapping in, just put novelty in front of any, any ah, word. Top tip. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So you'd get some real like, interesting horrors. Nice. It used to be quite good fun entertaining. <laughs> I think online shopping, and I don't have the knack, is all about language mm-hmm. and about the the words that either it's known that things are referred to as or it's sort of an accidental, as you say, with something like novelty, kind of finding a groove that, that you can kind of yeah like a keyword Mm. and I find it really difficult because I don't know I don't have the lingo um but I find if you put pattern for example it's just it's a bit no there's a bit of a kind of sea of polka dot yeah yeah exactly exactly Mm. curse the polka dot (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so you so you worked with Martine yeah. Sipon, and um, um, was it before that that you were with John Galliano? Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah. Journey? Um, yeah. So I worked uh for him when he was in London, um, in the late eighties. Uh, yeah, and so I went as a, on a student placement. Um, I was eighteen, and I hadn't got a college. I'd applied to. Do do a BA fashion and didn't get in, so I ended up um, staying there, and it developed into employment, nice. gameful employment. Um, yeah, a so, blessing in disguise. Yeah, no, it was a blessing. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, and it was fabulous. He was based um, in Covent Garden at that time. Okay. And what were you doing there? Um, mainly making cappuccino. Um, and then I started off um, hand sewing these rose jacket um, things. That was yeah, it was his rose collection. That's nineteen eighty seven, okay. or f- six or something. And um, yeah, so I started hand sewing, and then when I moved to assisting on the pattern cutting, not pattern cutting, but cutting table, and then um, yeah, eventually wormed my way into um, assisting him on like research trips and then drawing any sort of artwork that needed nice okay so is that where the kind of illustration grew from or were you doing that before then um i was always drawing um girls Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and i was going to drawing classes always Mm -hmm. um howard tangy drawing classes were they life drawing classes? Um, they were both. They were mainly uh, fashioned, clothed. But um, yeah, I was going to life drawing as well. Okay. Yeah, I was going to both, and um, yeah. And then John's really into drawing. He draws fabulously himself. So mm. uh, he was really supportive, and he um, paid for me to go to extra classes and stuff. Oh, great. Yeah, so it's That's really nice. nice. Yeah. So um, yeah, just like drawing. Women, like, yeah, just like drawing women in fashion. Mm. But yeah, so I didn't really, my design um, education had just been like a fashion diploma. So it was pretty basic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I felt like I learned everything yeah. on the job. Yeah, I think that um, there's a lot to be said about kind of apprenticeship or a, um, a, a employment as as a proxy for education. I mm. think I graduated and ended up, I, gradu- I did a BA uh, in fine art and then ended up getting a job working for Anthea, um, Anthea Hamilton. And at the time I was always like maybe I'll do an MA at some point but to be honest it it was kind of just an incredible experience to be there and Mm -hmm. learning and doing and observing and uh drinking it in Mm. um and actually that uh that was probably far more beneficial for me at that point in time than doing a master's Mm -hmm. um and so I think yeah it's sort of exposure to a particular environment and especially if the person that you're with is someone who's generous and supportive mm. and values your own creativity rather than trying to suck you dry. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, which I think, well, Anthea certainly was, and it sounds like, to an extent, John Galliano was as well for you. Oh, super generous, yeah. You're, yeah, you just sort of 
thrown in and you know, it was just good fun above anything else. Mm. Perhaps we could talk about um, another of the mm. fabrics. Um, maybe this monochrome dress. It's oh, actually yeah. much more navy than I, yeah. than I knew. Um, so I sort of described it as having a Peter Pan collar, but it's also yeah. it's like a double layer of collar. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and it's like a it's well it is monochrome, but it's uh, navy blue and white with a kind of large spot and then lots of little they're almost like petals or yeah it's an odd one i just just really love the print mm. <laughs> um yeah i like the way that it's so graphic but it's not black and white mm-hmm. and i like the i like the discs like a take on a polka dot but not mm. and then i like the i could go on i like the um, brush strokes pretending to be like a animal Yes. Um, yeah, it has got a kind of furry, yeah, furry quality. And then I just like the surprise element of the um, self colour at the back, navy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just works really well proportionally. I think. Yeah, and also like the pleats and how that contributes to the way that you read the pattern. It's a really yeah. nice thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, it's something that I really enjoyed when I'm drawing from pattern is mm-hmm. that kind of moment where the pattern gets distorted or kind of goes around a corner or sort of stretches or mm-hmm. is abstracted to a point where you kind of can't read the intended pattern anymore but that's what's so nice about the fluidity of fabric and that it's not just like a stiff a stiff yeah. surface yeah um, no it's lovely I just love fabric in movement there's something in this that makes me think it looks like a kind of child's outfit like it's sort of uh i don't know it's got a childlike proportions and i'm curious about how you dressed as a child and what your kind of creative expression was then and when when your visual identity sort of grew uh-huh um it's cute that you think of it like that because <laughs> it is yeah it's a bit like a dolly paper dress yeah. type thing. it's a collar isn't it yeah and the sort of the uh, flow from the chest it's not it's not mm. kind of cinched at the waist it's not kind of trying to do like sexy adult lady mm, it's no. like little innocent girl yeah cute. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah as a child uh i don't remember what i wore just i remember my hair this haircut mm. uh which was my mum did one of those basin uh basin jobbies so literally with the basin with um, the the bowl on your head no i don't that would be cruel (laughs) (laughs) i think that would be a bit cruel (laughs) again i don't remember much other than having that haircut and being unhappy that i had to have that haircut Mm. uh because it was so boyish and then there's one photo which it just sticks in my memory because I was wearing a, I must have been about five, and I was wearing a black velvet trouser suit. Wow. And it was, um, um, my parents had uh, friends who had children that were slightly older than us, and so they we had their um, hand-me-downs. <laughs> and um, this was Amelia's uh, uh, velvet suit. Yeah. And Amazing. yeah, I like the photo because it's quite funny. But that's other than that, I don't remember what I wore. Mm. No idea. Was it for um, a special occasion or was that just a general outfit um, on a day-to-day basis? I'm just in the garden looking like a 
traffic light sign. I don't know, I was making like a waving sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know, it's very weird that I don't remember. I remember I had a poncho, I remember that, which was because I made that into hair. Um, what do you mean you made it into hair? I pulled it over my head and then I had oh, lots I of long hair. Okay, nice. Which was better. Uh, yeah, but as soon as it kicked in, you know, about eight, when I started to be into fashion, then, yeah, then it was mm. like, uh, yeah, silly clothes from then on. From then, nice. on, from then on in. <laughs> <laughs> when did you kind of begin to make your own selections that weren't hand-me-downs or mm. so i think as soon as i yeah school discos kicked in didn't they mm-hmm. some sort of 12-ish yeah so it was mainly my hair and my makeup that was probably started to get the most disturbing okay was, in what was, way? certainly for school <laughs> they weren't happy about it okay what was what was uh teenage julie doing um well, yeah, um, makeup too soon. Okay. Uh, and not, not enhancing makeup, but fluorescent, you know, fluorescence. Right. Again, um, white face, which has continued. Uh-huh. Because my, yeah, I had really bad acne. I've still got bad acne. Um, and so I started, that's, yeah, it's quite sad, really, because mm. I was thinking about the makeup. It's actually because I was trying to, like, hide my skin. Mm. Um, and then... And then once I started buying um, my ID magazine and um, the face, so then it was when I realised I need to do something about my hair. Okay. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so all my, any pocket money, all my earnings, my Saturday work jobs were spent on trying to change mm. the appearance. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And was that sort of trying to escape a norm or was it just like it was just the the area that you could express yourself and align with what, what oh, yeah were. i don't know i didn't really think about it i was just like that's that's what i was doing there was no alternative there was no that was just mm. it that's and i remember yeah i do always remember you know how people say oh she'll grow out of it you know she's just a teenager yeah. well i thought you, you want a bet <laughs> <laughs> i've only just started <laughs> Because you do see with some children, you think oh, it, it's a phase. Mm. But even then, I was thinking, no. That's nice. I like that. You're like, this is it. This is, this is me for, for good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it'd be nice to talk about um, clothes as empowerment and how you, how they make you feel. And if there's something particular or sort of more general that you're bolstering, in a way, you sort of touched on it with the makeup covering up um, mm. skin. Yeah, I wonder how kind of expressing expressing yourself through clothes has sort of helped along the way. Yeah, um, a lot of the time that I wear I wear clothes that have a lot of volume and coverage mm. <laughs> is and pattern um, is because I kind of want to obliterate my body. Mm. Um, yeah. Because they're just like as we all have issues. I like. I've, I think. Oh, this is. Oh, I don't like it. I just want to like so engulf it. Mm. And um, and then by doing that, I also kind of feel it's in a very gentle way. I feel like it's an act of protest. Mm-hmm. A sort of. I don't want to like succumb to those sort of. Not that I ever could, but those sort of female stereo stereotypes. Even though I I am sort of uber feminine, but I'm sort of not. It's sort of yeah, so it's all it's for me. It's very layered. It's sort of well, it's for most mm. people, but um, yeah, I kind of I kind of get pleasure with 
with being a little bit provocative in, the, but not in the obvious sense. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, and it and it, and it you know it really sort of um, amuses me how color pattern cloth you know all the how you can really sort of you can really distort people's perceptions of you mm. it's, it's just i find it fascinating and it quite fabulous yeah, yeah and i and all the sort of pop um pop culture references which i love you know i kind of and that includes my sort of hairdos mm. i feel like i'm enjoying myself with that as well and I'm not wanting to be smug, but it's that thing by the some people just like, oh my god, who's that nutter over there? And other people like really get it. Mm, you know? Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. So it's nice because then you sort of you can fast track through life a bit quicker because then you can only you only really need to like engage with people that are interested in you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's so horrible no, no, thing to say. It, I mean it's horrible if you think about it in in one way, but but also there's something kind of I suppose it's what we're all doing. Um I mean it's what people do when they wear a band t shirt mm. or they wear a yeah, like a signal of a of a taste that they want to kind of portray into the world. And um and I guess through that they're saying, I like the Rolling Stones. If you like the Rolling Stones too, maybe you'll come and speak to me. Yeah. And then it, it's and and it's interesting. I think it starts from quite an early age. Like my kid, who's six, he wears like a Spider-Man top or a Sonic top, mm. and the amount of conversations it starts mm. with other six-year-olds who are like, "I love Sonic," mm. um, and then you're in, you're in, and yeah. actually observing it <clears throat> from that point of view, it's something quite beautiful. Is that we do as as humans, like kind of birds peacocking somehow to be like. Mm. Um, <clears throat> This is this is my taste. These are the bands I like. These are the these are the things that I'm interested in. And come and join me if you're into it too. Yeah. Um. And I wonder whether that yeah. for you in a in a more complicated way, perhaps, or in a more uh, um exciting way than a band T-shirt, you're you're giving that signal. Um, yeah. No, that's really nice. Yeah. Um. Well, I hope I'm sort of playing with those sort of ideas. I mean, I love the. Well, I love art and fashion just on the purely like communication tool it is you know like on a really base level I just love the way that you know I would hope that any work that I do isn't sort of ignored that it has some sort of um resonance with someone mm. you know if only if that's just one person that's that's fine that's I'm happy you know and that's the same in life isn't it like how yeah. you can't have how many friends can you really have yeah practically yeah so um yeah and then taste you know i forgot about that word taste yeah i love i love um good and bad taste Mm -hmm. or whatever that is Mm. yeah that really um excites me just i don't know people are so strange it's so sort of unforgiving of other people's foibles yeah and um you know yeah i just try and be open as open as i can be not judge, I think. Yeah, yeah. Non-judgmental, especially in with wardrobe and clothes. People are like, oh my god, they're like so judgmental. Yeah, it's yeah. Shocking. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can we talk a bit about, um, about the relationship between sort of costume and fashion and thinking about some of the work that you've done in recent years um where you've made uniform or costume for characters usually you but sometimes other people um Mm -hmm. uh for example the uh bathrooms at freeze in 2016 where you and valeria napoleoni and maybe maybe other people as well dressed Uh in um yeah maybe you can explain what you dressed in actually uh, yes, yeah, so um, so I was on site for the duration of the fair, um, dressed as a my version of a toilet attendant, and then um, my friend Joshua Beatty, uh, he was with me for the duration as well. We manned, we took turns in manning the two toilets booths. Okay. Thanks. And then Valeria, um, she came on one of the nights, and we did a performance of sorts okay um yeah dressed as a attendant uh yeah and then um i just so when i first got the commission i was like more workwear so i was doing like my workwear research and um then i was thinking no this is sort of too easy and actually what i'm more interested in is how people um respond to a toilet attendant and I I didn't want them to be sort of invisible but equally I you know didn't want to go too silly I also really like um tabards mm. um I just like I the, love a tabard just love the yeah. word yes it's <laughs> the word a great alone word. Is... <laughs> it's a great word so I started off I thought oh, that'll work yeah tabard and then that was embroidered Joshua he embroidered the tabard they're also very easy to make when we're coming if when it comes to like making yeah. something yourself it's sort of just oh, a, yes. a folded a folded thing with a hole in the head yes right? exactly <laughs> and um, one size fits all yeah. uh and then and then i was thinking about the whole sort of um services role and um which took me to uh, being subservient and then it got mm. me into the world of fetish very quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> um so then i felt that there needed to be some black vinyl involved and, okay. then, and then i thought oh that'd be quite funny because it's wipeable yes and then i had clear pockets so you could see the free tampons to give away um and then then i had a va- black vinyl um bonnet giant bonnet which was worn over a yellow hard hard hat um, and then I thought, so I thought the bonnet was sort of, sort of like Holly Hobby from the 1970s, this sort of wholesome, 
homely, okay, sort of mummy's bonnet, yeah, stroke giant baby, yeah. um, and then over the hard hat, which obviously protection, blah blah blah. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, it was mm. good fun. And the giant baby carried through to your recent show at Quench yeah. in Margate. Um, can you tell us about about the costume for that? Oh or? yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I suppose it's a sort of continuation of sorts. Um, I wanted to be to invigilate at my own um, exhibition um, on a Saturday part time. Um, so I thought I needed to uh, supply invigilator's outfit for mm-hmm. all. Yeah. So I just said, what's the most ugliest universal thing that you can buy? And I thought that was a fleece. They're <laughs> <laughs> just so horrible. They make everybody look horrendous. There's something um, very texturally cringe-worthy about a fleece. And I don't know if everybody has it or not, but when a fleece gets wet, that sort of really grinds my teeth. Mm, no, I get that, I get that. <laughs> yeah, nasty things. Uh, so I got one of those. Then an elderly pair of slippers, which was super comfy. Um, for the duration, and then what else? Oh yeah, then there was a bonnet. Yeah, um, crocheted again. Joshua Beatty made the crocheted bonnet that had a sort of teat on the top. Oh, so I missed that in the photos. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a lemon. So okay. it had a lemon teat. Say that again. <laughs> teat. <laughs> Teats and tabards. <laughs> so it's a sort of humiliated outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which worked well if you were invigilating in the adult high chair. Mm, I'm interested in this idea of humiliation in clothing. Can you talk a bit more about, about that? Yeah, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I just like the other extreme of everybody trying going out of their way to look as conventionally sexy as they mm. think is is the way forward and I just yeah well, I was thinking well what's the opposite of that mm-hmm. <laughs> and why sh- why should it be so embarrassing and humiliating silly really it's just clothes isn't it yeah. but yeah it's all this sort of baggage that, that comes with them yeah and I guess the humiliation or perce- perceived humiliation of a certain role perhaps um in society a toilet attendant mm-hmm. or an invigilator perhaps mm-hmm. or somebody who's providing a service and yes. that and that as a kind of embodiment of this particular humiliation it's kind of interesting yeah well again i suppose it's that thing of being visible or not it just mm. it drives me nuts when people don't invi- um don't acknowledge invigilators at mm-hmm. galleries or museums you know it's the most boring job on the planet and you could at least like acknowledge their existence you know and obviously the same for a toilet attendant you know um let's talk about the gold lame um flower jobby yes can you describe this one for us uh yeah so it's a shirt stroke blouse i suppose but it's in a nice uh, dry sort of cotton Mm. uh and then it's got large sort of yeah, giant bloom yeah. Uh, head in its in a sort of muted gold. It's really nice. I've had this for years and years, and I, again, it's a tricky one to wear. It doesn't have any. Must be homemade because it hasn't got any buttons or buttonholes oh, down right. the front. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not. You can't close it. No. It's, oh, yeah. interesting. Which I totally appreciate. You know, you finish mm. your garment and then it's like such a faff to go to the <laughs> <laughs> to get a, go to the buttonhole machine. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and it's got sort of flouncy. Yeah, I, I do love a good shoulder. It's mm. got a big flouncy shoulder. Yeah. Nice wide sleeve. Uh, yeah, again, proportionally, I think it's very pleasing. Yeah, I, re- I definitely bought that as a print uh, reference for, I think that was Martine Sipbon again. Ah. Can you tell me about, you've been designing prints and patterns along the way. Tell, yeah. tell me about how well, you approach. Sort of, I mean, I'm not, I don't really know much about print. I just, I don't know, just because I get really bored doing um, repeats. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that's basically what... Um, so, I, yeah. So I get the artwork to a certain point and then I kind of get bored with it because mm-hmm. my brain can't function to get the repeat on the go. And like, Placement prints, that's what... I like to do placement prints. Yeah. Yeah, because then, you're, again, you're working with the actual garment. The garment dictates how you work this design. Yeah. Yeah, that interests me much mm. more. I was looking at the amazing collaboration you did with Mark Jacobs it's a really really amazing collaboration how did that come about what was the kind of journey to that um yeah it was really good fun well I'd originally been commissioned by Mark Jacobs when he was working for Louis Vuitton okay um and that was around 2002 one two so I met him then and did this collaboration for the patchwork bags as it was then sort of fairy tale bags and belt buckles and purses um, and then, and then in 2016, he was wanted to revisit that aesthetic. Okay. And so I think they were chewing over who to to ask. And then um, Katie Grand, who was styling the shoes, said, "Well, why don't you just <laughs> go back and ask revisit with yeah. Julie again?" So I was like, oh, "Eternally grateful." Yes, that's um, nice. Yeah. So then it was, so it was revisiting the sort of old collaboration, but much more um, pop, popish, mm-hmm. I, I suppose. What was the time lapse between the two? Um, God, 15 years oh, or okay. something. Oh, it's quite a long time 15, then. 16, okay. yeah. Yeah, so much so that I remember the first time we collaborated, it was all through fax. Fax machine. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like to ask you a bit about your fashion brand. Is it Gibo? Gibo? Uh, Gibo. Gibo. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about what what that was like to run and how 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 that came about and what yeah, was, that was the journey? Quite, yeah, uh, it was quite uh, random, really. Um, so Gibo is a big manufacturer, Italian manufacturing house that okay. um, produces high end fashion for lots of designer labels. And at that period in the early two thousands. Um, they were looking to start their own brand. So it had, as a brand, as their own brand, it had obviously no history. So it was a total blank slate. So that was really great. Mm. And then, um, so my friend Bettina, who I was working with at Martin Sitbon, she recommended me for the role because Franco Penne, the director, he was after actually, yeah, somebody who did print and colour. Okay. So Bettina Came thought... I'm the right place. Well, <laughs> little did he know. Um, <laughs> dark and depressive. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was great. So, um, yeah, it lasted for four seasons. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was really quick. So, straight and in. Did the brand continue without you? Or when you left, did it, did it fold? Oh, I got fired. Okay. Um... Which so I was obviously gutted at the time, but mm. now I'm quite proud. Um, <laughs> <Yeah. at laughs> 
Oh yeah, it continued for one one or two seasons after. Okay. Yeah, but it was yes, yeah, it, it was great because um. Can you manage without you. No, exactly. <laughs> but it moved really fast. It was like showing in London Fashion Week, and then they opened two boutiques, one in mm. London and one in Milan. Um, yeah, so it was, mm. yeah, it was really great. It was all produced in Florence. Oh, amazing. So were you living in the UK at that point, or did you relocate to Italy? Yeah, no, I still, yeah it, was, yeah, it was like an absolute dream job. I was still based here, but I'd go... Um, I can't remember how often it was, every three weeks for fittings okay. and such like in Florence. Did yeah. you get to do whatever you wanted? Or was yeah, well I did for the first two seasons and then okay. obviously it wasn't selling as they right. anticipated. And um, yeah, so then it started to become something else. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it was a really good lesson on commercial selling trying to sell clothes and how hellish mm. it is <laughs> yeah yeah i bet it is yeah, no, it's, um, yeah it's really fascinating i want to ask you what you're excited about making at the moment what's like the what's the thing that's uh, getting your attention you know i love video videos mm. my fave at the moment and uh books i think that's the future you recently made a book. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's coming out any minute. Oh, great! And then, um, Tell yeah. me about it. Um, yeah, so it's a collaborative book with um, fellow artist Alan Folds, who's based in um, Scotland. Uh-huh. We were sort of matchmaked during um, COVID. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and Alan works with a an artist collective um, where they're neurodiverse and um, neurotypical. Okay. So Laura Aldridge also works there, or with them. Um, she suggested that we meet online. So it's a very long story, and um, because she thought uh, Alan and I shared similar um, likes and mm. dislikes. Yeah, and we do. Nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, Alan's big on drawing and um, sort of horror and fashion and uh, pop music. Yeah. So is the book kind of drawings from each of you or archival things or is it all new stuff have you Uh, collaborated yeah we've collaborated it's a mixed really a mixed bag of um well alan gave me his sketchbooks which are like full of drawings and so i responded to those with drawings and collages and then we meet every week on zoom and we um draw together nice um yeah and so it's a lot of and then I went and we did a photo shoot together where we made props and dressed up and Annie Colling um did the photography. Oh, I love her photography. Yeah, she's, she's fabulous. And um yeah, so the book is yeah, it's just full on sort of riot of visuals. Mm. Um yeah, oh, so that's been really good fun. It. There's a couple of questions that I've been asking every guest, uh which is um is there a pattern that got away or a dream pattern that you covet? Uh, yeah, there is. And I've just realised I've left it at home. Oh, <laughs> that's right. You it's can got have, away again. You, yeah, it's, it's escaped. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> oh, it's here. It's just hiding. Yeah, here it is. Um, oh, I've fully gasped. Okay, it's Tabard-esque. It's another Tabard-esque. <laughs> uh, and it was so buried on my rail that I wish I'd found oh, it earlier. Great. Yeah, this it's an brilliant. all-time all-time fave. Uh, so it's got an embroidered sort of bib um, with cider 
and apples and jam. Oh my goodness. Yeah, actually, my I realise now that my freeze outfit was hugely inspired by uh-huh. this. Um, yeah, and then it's got, well, basically a combination of three, four prints and embroidery, um, more kitchen yeah it's sort of green grocers like yeah. um, shelves almost or sort of all the all the things you might find in a yeah in an old-fashioned shop yeah food shop um it's even got a teeny weeny little ladybird did it come did it come with that that's yes. not that's not yeah. been added oh cute no. and, uh, that's amazing um where is it from oh god again it would have i don't remember which is shameful uh but it would have been might have been blackout again. Uh-huh. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, it's good. Do you think it might be a homemade one again? Yeah, it looks like it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because... So I've probably had it about 20 years, and when I first started wearing it, I felt very silly. Mm. And now it feels really normal. Yeah. I think that's an, there's an amazing ability for the more exposure a thing has, you sort of end up... It becomes very normal to you, and then what other people think, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't feel... Yeah, I think there's something quite beautiful about that journey that you can go on with something when you put it on first and it feels so loud. Yeah, I just Mm. felt like I was in panto, and now Mm. I'm always in panto. (laughs) And maybe I just have to... I've accepted that that's it. Panto (laughs) is the way to go. (laughs) Nice. And um, which of these patterns, or any pattern, would you save from a house fire? What's Uh the best one? Yeah, that makes me really uh, shudder. And um, sorry, no, to sorry. introduce the That's idea. Okay. I'm not going to make any fires. <laughs> you don't really have to decide. <laughs> um, well, I'm not. Um, I'm not sentimental, so I would actually. I'd be quite happy that you've done me a favour. Mm, uh, so okay. I'm. I'm rid of everything okay start again oh nice then you're allowed back in the vintage shops yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) yeah no i'd be happy to say goodbye to everything that's okay Mm, it's a cleansing process yeah i really need help i need help (laughs) (laughs) well i think i would be coming in to save some stuff actually from your fire okay that's good that's good to know Um, it's been so nice to talk to you, Julie. Well, no, you Thank too. you for sharing your patterns with us. Thank you. You've been listening to Pattern Portraits with me, Lauren Godfrey. Follow us on Instagram at Pattern Portraits Podcast. The limited edition print accompanying this episode is available to buy now on laurengodfrey.co.uk. Join us next week for another chat about pattern. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.